Welcome, Rick Rats, to Season 3, Episode 12 of TheDashRink.com's Blackhawks Ringcast, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, on your time. And, as always, we are brought to you by our founding sponsors at PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Check out their new lines. Throw some rinkware in the cart, too. Use discount code THERINK for 10% off of all of your orders. And uh, they keep rolling out some new stuff, so more and more and more. And as uh, the summer comes around and concert season and playoff season, plenty of hockey stuff. So uh, get over there, get yourself some rinkware, get yourself some puck hockey gear, and uh, use that discount code. Today is Tuesday, February 11th, 2020, and I'm your host, Jeff Osborne, infamously known across the Twitter machines as Puck and Hostel. My name is Jeff. It's Hefe, man. Y'all need to take a hit of this, Jeffrey. It'll calm you down. And I am joined by my co-host partner in crime, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. How are you? Tonight, tonight we did de- we debut We Told You So Corner. <laughs> where being being realistic is no longer negative. They're the two <laughs> biggest dickheads in the world. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh, uh, my favorite one now that we can now use with this. Man, I'm tired of being right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite clips. I don't get to use it far often enough. But, uh, so anyway, um, it's been a couple of weeks. You've been traveling. I've been traveling. We haven't been able to sync up, but, uh, the Blackhawks took their all-star break and they did all that stuff. So it kind of, it actually worked out really well for both of us. But, uh, that being said, you know, the Blackhawks, they went, they kind of went into the break and, uh, on a losing note after losing to Florida and then now coming out of the break, the, they haven't played very well either, but I mean, that's what we've been trying to tell everyone all along that this yeah. team is not that good. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot off the stats a little bit. We can talk about this a little bit and then uh, we'll go to a break. Then we'll come back with the um, war pigs report. Mr. Mario Terabasi put together a oh, nice yeah. comprehensive war pigs report. I know you all missed that. And then uh, after that, we'll, uh, we got some questions to answer. We got a whole bunch of things. So first of all, the Blackhawks right now, they're getting ready. Um, they're probably on the ice warming up right now uh, to play against the Oilers. Uh, it's about uh, 7.45 Chicago time. And uh, so the record right now is before the game, 25-22-8. and eight. Um, 58 points, 27 games remaining. Um, they're seventh in the Central, 24th overall in dropping. Their goal differential is negative 10, which is dropping again. Their faceoff percentage kind of maintained. They're right in the middle of the league at 16th. Uh, their PK is kind of maintained. It's been really good. It's top 10, seventh in the league, 83%. That's something to be positive. And that, I think that goes to show, you know, Stan Bowman bringing in players like Zach Smith and Ryan Carpenter, players like that yep. Yep. has yep. really worked, you know? So good on him yep. for that. <laughs> um, the power play, on the other hand, 28th in the league last or almost last in the league. Uh, they're 15% and they're dropping quick. Uh, they had a terrible night with the power play the other night. Uh, just, it's just getting worse and worse and worse, but Hey, you know what? Don't say we didn't tell you, you couldn't uh, trade uh, Eric Gustafson because it wasn't going to break the power play. Man, I'm tired of being right. But I keep reminding everyone that every time we record uh, goals for their 19th, uh, goals against their 20th and it's, and they're dropping. So, uh, 
<clears throat> that's not so good. Uh, they're still worse than the league in shots faced per game. Uh, I think they're going to finish the season that way. I don't think you can get, unless you only give up about 20 per game or, or less in these last 27 games, I don't think it's going to get much better. Um, Corsi and Fenwick, which is their uh, total shots and total unblocked shots. Uh, they're going, it's falling slightly. Uh, they're, you know, in the well in the bottom third of the league at 25th and 27th high danger save percentage went up slightly. Uh, they're 84% and uh, tied for fifth in the league in five on five save percentage. Thank, uh, thank God they have Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford because yep. uh, that's what's holding them. That's what's holding them from being one of the worst, like epically bad, like Red Wings bad. Uh, yeah. right now and their PDO which if you're not aware of what that is it's kind of like an average of their shooting you know their shooting percentage versus the league's shooting percentage and the uh, their save percentage versus the league's average save percentage uh, it all kinds of melds together and you want it, you know, a team that's playing at their potential uh, is about 100 even uh, so anything lower than that they're playing you know lower than their what they should be and a little bit higher than that um, they're playing better than they actually should be based on uh, the league averages and stuff. So they're actually fifth. They're one Oh one. So they're playing a little bit in over their heads. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if you've watched any of these games, that's exactly what's going on out there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it all makes sense. You, you've been out a couple of weeks. Give us, you know, what do you, what do you think of these guys? Um, you know, I think we could remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about how, you know, if things went right, some things went right, this could potentially be a playoff team. Um, you know, unfortunately, a combination of injuries. Um, I still think, you know, if Calvin DeHaan was healthy and, and healthy, had been healthy the whole season, it might be a different conversation because in my mind, even though the power play has problems, I think the the bigger problem with this team is is defense. And I think it's also somewhat defense from the forward position as well. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, so we've had some injuries. We've also had um, – we didn't have players having career years. Um, in fact, we're going to talk about Alex Dabrinkit tonight, some of the problems he's had this season. Um, so when those, those things happen and you're sort of a bubble team as it is, you're going to miss the playoffs, you know, and uh, – um, I think that, I think that's pretty much, I think, you know, it's interesting. My little lead in tonight sort of speaks to the fact that, you know, some of the people who've been out stoking the fires of anything that can happen are now coming around to, well, maybe they should be sellers at the deadline, which is what we've been saying all along. And to say anything else is just kind of ridiculous and stupid actually. Um, so, um, you know, I think, I think it's, it's becoming apparent that, this is part of a an ongoing rebuilding process, and that's okay. You know, um, I'm fine if they don't make the playoffs. And um, more importantly, I, I hope that they turn a less than playoff uh, finish into um, a couple of good young uh, prospects. This, you know, during the off season in the draft. So it's it's okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we've said it all along since the beginning of the damn season. I get tired of saying we've been saying this all along, but it's true. We've been saying this this stuff all along. This team is not that good. And, you know, this this narrative of, you know, whatever that, oh, well, you know, they, they could and they could go on a run and they have hot goalies and they could make it playoffs and they could, they could, they could, they could, they could. Well, yeah. I, hey, just like 
just like our boy uh monkeys could fly out of my butt. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, just like our they boy could. Fork. They our, could. Yeah, our boy Fork. My aunt can grow balls and become my uncle too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Exactly. So it's like let's be real, you know, why why would you get everyone all up in a fuss? Especially the people who don't follow the team as closely as maybe like we do. They don't see this, you know, see games every other one every once in a while. They see a couple highlights and then they hear you know, some, some respected media outlets going, well, they could make the playoffs. And then this, and then Joe Schmo is going, well, you know, I saw him win a game the other day, you know, they could make the playoffs. This, this guy says they could make the playoffs. And then that's where the misinformation gets out there. And then people are coming to us. Well, you know, they said, and here we are again, you know, it's, it's frustrating. You know, we want people to, to understand what they're, what they're seeing out there and where their deficiencies are in these teams or in this team. And uh, you got people going out well, afraid to say, you know, maybe the team isn't that good, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, but on a positive and, side, uh, Adam Boquist has really come along. You can, you're starting to see flashes of the kind of player he can become. Um, I don't think it hurts that they're partnering him with Duncan Keith, who uh, is a great player for him to learn from. And, uh, you know, Kirby Doc is, uh, uh, you know, a work in progress, very rough around the edges, still has some significant things to work on. But, uh, you know, he also shows flashes of the kind of player he can be eventually. And that's all really exciting, you know. But it's it's not something to get super excited about as far as, any playoff aspirations this year. It's it's all part of a rebuilding process. So um I that's that's where I'm at with it. So I'm I'm okay with uh the team taking a little swan dive of late. I almost feel somewhat redeemed um in terms yeah. of, you know, where we've been uh, on it. And uh, you know, let's let's sort of play it. I'm I'm real getting real excited about the trade deadline and it's coming up fast. Uh I believe we're looking at fifteen days and uh you know We'll see what happens. Uh, they're, they're, this this franchise could conceivably change quite a bit between now and the twenty sixth. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'm not as uh, I'm not very uh, optimistic about uh, them doing much of anything other than oh, a handful of, of uh, yeah moves. small moves. You yeah. never know. I mean, my personal feeling though is that Eric Gustafson's not going to be around. Um, oh God, I would be happy. I would be so happy with that, man. Oh, I, I don't ha- I don't have any doubt that he's gone personally because, I mean, if he's not, then I then I think Bowman needs to be relieved of his duties immediately because then you either you either have to um, let him go um, in July for nothing um, and not get anything for him, or then worse still, you would re- you would actually extend him at significant dollars, um, and you all you're doing is throwing good money after bad at that point. Yeah. You know, because to me, losing Eric Gustafson, quite frankly, aside for some, you know, some three on three goals and, you know, some some nice, nice flashy plays, you know, offensive plays. He's a terrible defenseman. He's he's actually contrary to what this team needs. And losing him would be addition by subtraction. Then if you can get a draft pick in the bargain, that's that's gravy, man. Um, and you and get so more I, and you I, get more ice time for a guy for a better version of better, yeah. younger version of. Augustuson yep. and Adam Boakfast, yep. who's probably, I said this on Twitter the other day, like he's probably already a better defender and he's just as good right now as Gustafson is uh, offensively. 
So he just needs to bulk up a little bit, get a little bit more physical. Gustafson doesn't bring any of that anyway. So right, right. now you're already ahead, you know? Yeah. Cash so out while me, you're ahead, man. <laughs> right. So the logic of, of trading Gustafson is just, I mean, it's, it's, I really, I would bet dollars to donuts. I mean, I'm not a betting man, but I would, I would put significant dollars on him being gone for something, you know? And the other thing is, is that, you know, other GMs know that Bowman's not in a strong position there, so they'll get something for him. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a second round pick or a third round pick. Fine. Um, and so that would be great. You know, if, uh, they can, you know, find a way to perhaps move, uh, you know, the, the last half year or the third of a year of Crawford's contract. Great. You know, love him, uh, wish him well. He'll, you know, he'll be, he'll be part of the Hawk organization probably for years and years, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, he's Robin Leonard. We, we believe is, is the future. Um, there's evidence that suggests that, um, yeah, we'll talk and, about that a little bit too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, the, the Hawks need to be moving assets that can bring back futures, be they draft picks or prospects around which they can continue rebuilding. And that's what, that's, that's where everybody needs to be. That's where Stan Bowman needs to be. And if and if he's not, then the Hawks have bigger challenges than just players. Oh, Peter Patter, so, let's get at her. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, let's throw it to a break, pay some bills. We'll bring we'll come back with uh, Mario's War Pigs report, and then we'll be right back. So here we go. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where Home Advisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. Hey guys, thanks for having me on for this War Pigs report. Been a little bit of time since I've given you an update on the Ice Hogs, but things are starting to look brighter for the Ice Hogs after a dismal uh, end to December and month of January for them. Uh, since the beginning of February, things have started to take a turn for the better. Last weekend, taking on the San Antonio Rampage for back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday, ended a six-game homestand for the Ice Hogs. They took on the Rampage, who were just recently purchased by the Vegas Golden Knights to become their AHL affiliate team being moved out to the Henderson Las Vegas area uh, to be closer to the Golden Knights so that news happening last week uh, and the rampage coming into town now knowing that news Friday night was an overtime win for the Ice Hogs John Quinville getting the winner in the extra frame three to two over the rampage Saturday was the same three to two score but this time it was for the rampage over the Ice Hogs in regulation so the teams split Uh, those two games this last weekend giving the Ice Hogs 47 points through 50 games this year 26 games remaining for Rockford as they sit in sixth place in the AHL Central Division four points behind the Chicago Wolves and Grand Rapids Griffins that are tied with 51 points for the third and fourth place in the Central Division fourth place obviously being the final spot for the Calder Cup playoffs The good news, though, for the Ice Hogs is that between Chicago in third place and the Manitoba Moose 
in last place, the difference is only seven points. So it's going to be coming down to the wire for the Ice Hogs in the division, as it always seems to be. Coming up for the Ice Hogs, they get back into action on Wednesday uh, as they travel to Manitoba for two games, Wednesday and Thursday, against the last place Moose. Uh, they play Wednesday night at 7, Thursday night also at 7. Then they come back to town to Rockford on Saturday, February 15th, for a 6 o'clock puck drop against the Cleveland Monsters. It is the last time that Saturday night game that Rockford will play a team that is not in the Central Division. So some important games coming up in the next couple of days for the Ice Hogs, some winnable games, and especially with uh, the tight uh, nature of the Central Division, those wins, uh, potential wins, and points up for grabs against the Moose are going to be very important. Uh, Things, like I said, are trending up for the Ice Hogs, most notably on their power play. They've scored eight goals on the man advantage in their last seven games. They've gone eight for their last 34 power play opportunities and have moved from 31st to 29th in the AHL in power play percentage. Uh, They've had a 23.5% success rate over their last seven games. They've improved 12.4% on the season. Uh, So special teams for the Ice Hogs has been a struggle all year, but their power play in the last handful of games has started to uh, come back around. Not as good news for the penalty kill, though, as that sits in dead last, 31st in the AHL with a 75.4% kill rate. Uh, Some other notable news for Ice Hogs players, specifically uh, individual streaks. Dylan Sakura had an assist for... for the Ice Hogs against the Rampage on Saturday. That increased his point streak to an AHL career-high seven games. He's had three goals and seven assists during this seven-game point streak. And like I mentioned, John Quenville had the overtime winner for the Ice Hogs on Friday. He has scored a goal in each of his last three games for the Ice Hogs. Actually, four goals in his last five appearances. He's got 12 on the season. In net for the Ice Hogs, Kylan Delia has been solid as of late. He is 4-2-1 in his last seven starts, and uh, it's not the most impressive marker, but considering that Kevin Lonkinen, who was the Ice Hogs representative at the AHL All-Star Game, is 0-7-1 in his last eight appearances for Rockford, including getting the hook once, Uh, against the Manitoba Moose on December 31st. Also in net for the Ice Hogs, Matt Tompkins. Uh, He's been having struggles as of late. His last three starts, he is 0-3. So the Ice Hogs' goal production is starting to increase, especially at an important time in the season. Uh, But their goaltending has been uh, a little iffy. But uh, Colin Delia, like I said, has been... Uh, most consistent netminder for the Ice Hogs over the last probably two months. And I spoke with head coach Derek King after Friday night's overtime game, which was uh, a victory for Delia. King said that, you know, with the three goalie rotation, it's been a challenge to get all three netminders to get enough time in between the pipes for the Ice Hogs for games. You know, practice reps only do so much. I asked him if uh, Delia's performances as of late has been able to give him more of an incentive to ride the hot hand and basically agreed with me. 
uh, agreed with that point and agreed that you know if you're if you're going you're going to go to, to, to use his words so it seems like uh, he may end up turning to Delia more often as the Ice Hogs uh, season comes down to the stretch like I said 26 games remaining and they are still within within two games four points of a playoff spot so with that I'll send it back to you guys All right, thanks Mario for that. Um, glad to have him back on the program with his his signature award winning War Pigs report. So, uh, Blackhawks still have not started yet. Um, they're about to start in about four minutes, so you might hear some grunts and groans in the background, and that's not us relieving ourselves. Uh, <laughs> it, that is uh, the Blackhawks play and uh, hopefully the not having Connor McDavid in the lineup for the Oilers will uh, benefit the Blackhawks, but who knows? So, Oh, let, let's read this off right away. What would you like to see changed on the Blackhawks power play? This is the poll they have up <laughs> scheme personnel, shoot first mentality or different entries and 78% on shoot first mentality. Oh, wow. I don't even know what that means. Do they want it to no, go away or do they want it to stay? It's like, I don't know, whatever. We're talking about NBC Sports here. So, anyway. Yeah. So, with the Blackhawks. Yeah, 78% as we speak. Yeah. 79. Yeah. Um, so, tonight, Dylan Strom is going to be scratched. Um, that was announced this morning at the morning skate. Uh, he hasn't, you know, necessarily really been producing. But uh, this kind of also will uh, kind of bleed into a little bit to the Alex DeBrinkett situation as well. Because, you know where one goes, the other kind of follows. Uh, I was spitting out some stats last week. I was just kind of looking what kind of, uh, you know, uh, rate these guys are projecting out to be for the end of the season. Uh, because we were, you know, in the 30, mid 30 range, it was the all-star break. We had a little bit of time and I was looking and like, you know, Taze is dropping, uh, Gustafson's dropping like in half almost, uh, Kane's about, you know, he's good. He, he, is projecting out to be like two points less or three points less than what he had last year. So he's basically doing the same thing. Um, but Alex to is his number of goals is projected to be cut in half this year. Same amount of assists goals cut in half, which is not good. But that being said, Dylan Strom, Oddly enough, even though he missed games with, you know, uh, injuries and stuff like that, he projects out to have the same amount of points that he had last year. If he was to continue on the rate that, you know, at the rate he was going. So that surprised me because I thought Strom was actually having a down year when he's actually kind of having, he was actually kind of having the same kind of year he had last year, just kind of under the radar, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what this, you know, I don't know what this is with sitting Strom, but not sitting to Brinkett. To Brinkett's cold as hell. He's got no confidence. He's not shooting. He's not helping the power play. Like, send him a game. Like, this guy's going to be making six point what four million dollars next year. You can't have a guy that's making six six million dollars, uh, six point four million dollars, coming up with thirty five points in a season, or you know, under forty. And, you know, he's a 40, former 40 goal scorer. And now he's going to come in at what, 20, maybe that's, you can't have that something yeah. you, you have to do something to get him up. I mean, I'm not so worried about Dylan Strom as I am Alex to What do you, what do you think? 
I agree with that. And I, I think, you know, every player is different and, you know, every player responds to various stimuli in different ways. And, you know, I'm not saying they're right, but I feel like the team's probably decided that the best thing for Dabrinkit is to keep playing them. Um, and the best thing for Strom is to sit him down. Um, and um, because if you do a, you know, sort of a apples to apples comparison of their performance, you know, it would seem that, yeah, that Dabrinkit is more um, a candidate to be sitting down. I'm, you know, I know that his shooting percentage from what I understand is way down. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, and that happens. I mean, that that's happened to Brandon Saad a couple of times where his, you know, he's doing everything right. They're just not going in. And, uh, um, so I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, the thing about the is, and people just need to understand this. If he's not scoring goals, he's, he's not a $6 million a year player. He's not a top six player. Um, he doesn't have a lot of value if he's not if, uh, if he's not scoring goals. So uh, whatever it takes, they got to get that right because they've made this you know this contract commitment to him, and uh, you know they need him. They they need they need the production, you know. And um, so we'll see. Yeah, um, and 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 again, like how I hear these like other you know quote unquote traditional media whatever podcasts and, and stuff. They're so afraid to point out, you know, the Blackhawks aren't a good team and just say they're not a good team. They probably won't make the playoffs. Like just, just flat out. It's always kind of maybe kind of teasing it around the edges and a little bit of, you know, well, uh, you know, they're not I mean, really great, but it's they like, could. what's going to happen? Is uh, John McDonough going to bully you on Twitter if you say they're bad? I mean, yeah. come on. I know that's exactly what, what pisses me off about the whole thing. It's like, just lay it out, lay out what it is. You're supposed to be reporting on what it is, what it is <laughs> like, not what it could be, not what well, maybe could happen. How about what it is? You know, well, it, you know, it, there, there's also, I think a little bit of a, like the frame of reference is all messed up. Cause it's like, Ooh, if, if we make the playoffs, if we, if we could maybe make the playoffs, we, we must be good. No, I mean, it's half the teams in the league, more than half the teams in the league make the playoffs. So being so finishing 16th is not good. Finishing 16th means you're just less mediocre than than the teams that that didn't quite make it. And, you know, all, you know, you're going to typically not always, but typically you're going to get completely blitzkrieged in round one by by the, you know, the top team in your division. And that's it. You're and you're on the golf course and your draft position, your draft position sucks. So but I think that there's this whole thing about making the playoffs and the making the playoffs would val- somehow validate the Hawks. It really wouldn't, because the, the truth of the matter is the Hawks last year, this year, although granted, I think they are a slightly better team this year because of the the things that Stan Bowman did on the lower end of the roster because of, you know, do, adding a couple of veteran defensemen. Um, you know, I, th- I think those, the, the team is, is slightly better this year, even though, you know, Alex Dabrinkit, for example, is not having the kind of year he had last year. Taves isn't having the kind of year he had last year. So, I mean, it kind of evens out, but I think that, um, the truth of the matter is this remains a team with a lot of money and a lot of years and no movement clauses tied up in veteran players who are kind of slowly eroding. And meanwhile, they're, they're trying to reload for the future, um, and you know, you're kind of, where they're kind of stuck in this mediocre middle, this mushy, mediocre middle, um, you know, kind of waiting for that to all to work itself out. But, um, again, the 
think the the best thing to work that out is going to be probably in years like this to finish out of the playoffs, get a higher draft pick, and then you know start to build from from the, out of youth because Kane's not getting any younger, Taves isn't getting any younger, Keith's not getting any younger. Crawford's probably very close to playing his last last game in Chicago, maybe anywhere. Um, you know, he may he could retire after this year easily. Um, so, I mean, that's the bottom line. It, it, the the future of this team, the the hope of this team is not this year. It's probably not with this core. It's actually probably you know Kirby Doc, Adam Boakvist, and anyone else they can get to join in in that wave. That and 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 to bring it if he comes along too. You know, yeah. uh, but but the, this whole this tyranny of hope that erupts every year about, oh, they could make the playoffs. Ooh, so what? So what? Who? You know, th- th- these are Chicago Blackhawks. We should we should be you know, our, our goal should be winning the cup or at least being in the conversation for the cup. And, oh, yeah, well, you're greedy. You're stupid. You forget the three cups we had. No, I don't forget it. I want more because, you know what? I mean. Uh, you know, the, the, name me name me the teams that finish you know like like eighth in their conference every year. You know, do you want to be that team year in year out? Is that is that are you satisfied with that? Because if you're not, then you got to you got to pay a price to get back into the conversation for the the meaningful games in May and June. You know, yeah, either that or so, you have to draft really well, which they have not. No, they haven't. They've shown that they really are not good at that. So, but when they get the really high picks, you know, I think I think it's fair to say. I mean, everybody's there's fairly consensus that Kirby Doc was a really good pick, number yeah. three overall. He's he's a guy that he's going to be probably a first line center in the NHL. He may end up being an exceptional player in the NHL, and um, those are the guys you got to get. You need more than one of those. Yeah, I was going to say know? that earlier when you were talking about it. I was going to say they need two or three more Boquist yep. Doc type players. At least, at least, and and and, and, then, and then that's also counting on Strom and Debrinket being Strom and Debrinket, not being yep. this year's Alex Debrinket scoring seventeen goals or whatever he's going to come up with this year. Uh, you know, that's yep. him scoring thirty five, and that's Dylan Strom feeding him those. You know, so you you yep. have that. You have another. You know, you have a couple two. You know, maybe a defenseman and another uh, wing. To, to bring in that next thing. Now you have a solid young core that you can now build and you can push forward and say, now, okay, now we get in the playoffs and yeah. now we start getting some experience and now we start doing stuff like that. You know, going, going to the yeah. playoffs, getting the experience of getting slammed in the first round, uh, you know, uh, phrasing getting slammed in the first round. <laughs> uh, that's not really playoff experience. You know, you, you, yeah, sure, you're technically in the playoffs, but you're not really competing. You're just showing up for the game. And uh, so there's a difference between getting playoff experience and actually competing in the playoffs and just sure. getting in the playoffs and, and not even really belonging there. You know, there was a segment um, the other night on NHL Network um, prior to, gosh, I'm trying to remember who who the Hawks were playing that night. Um, they were one of two games. Um, anyway, um, Ryan Callahan and Kevin Weeks and uh, with the in-studio announcer, I forget his name, but, you know, they asked, they were talking about the Blackhawks and, you know, what, what are the Hawks going to do? Are they going to be buyers or sellers? And Callahan was, I was really impressed with him. He said, you know, 
you know, I know guys like Taves and Kane when they're, you know, on the road and they're having dinner together, you know, their expectation is Stan Bowman's going to go out and get guys to help them and get guys to help them win and get in the playoffs. But he said, but while he knows how that feels, he, he also looking, looking from 30,000 feet at the Hawks organization, it's obvious they need to be sellers. They need to be adding picks and prospects in order to rebuild this thing. The, the veterans, they're not, they're, they're not interested in rebuilding. They want to win now, and I totally get that. But, the, but they also, you know, at some point they have to accept the fact that, you know, look at the standings. <laughs> you know, look where you are. And, yeah, you can say, well, we've won before. If we get in the playoffs, we could, we could go far. They don't have the horses. You know, you don't have Nicholas Jalmerson anymore. You don't have a 32-year-old Duncan Keith anymore or a 32-year-old Brent Seabrook anymore. Um, you may not even have a Brent Seabrook anymore. Um, and you know, Kellen DeHaan is have, hurt. And yeah. You know, you don't have the depth up and down the lineup like they used to have. So, I mean, I get it. Those guys have pride. They, they want to get back into it. I, all the all those things. But the reality of it is that as an organization, and the fans, of course, a lot of fans, they just want to, they want to see a couple of home playoff games and anything can happen. But the reality of it is the best thing for this organization and as I watch the beginning of the Hawks game, I see the other, the second best thing, which is Robin Leonard getting him resigned. Um, you know, best thing for this organization is to stick with the rebuild. Um, you know, uh, you know, make some more good moves this summer, like Bowman made last summer, um, and hopefully acquire some assets at the deadline that can make it a better summer. Yeah, I completely agree. And Robin Leonard, pay the man. Watch, pay the man. Pay the man. Yep. Pay the man. Yep. Show pay me the, the money. Watch, pay the man. <laughs> that's, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue that because uh, that's a I, I, I guess that's really a good uh, segue. Uh, let's talk about the goalies a little bit. Um, yeah. We I, I saw an article that was pushed my way uh, today uh, about someone who uh, and we've heard this before. This whole well, you know, Brabender is very valuable to other teams, and if he's not going to sign with the Blackhawks, you know, uh, push him out and, and and trade him away and get what you can for him. And uh, yeah, sure, that makes a lot of sense if you have someone in the organization who can stop pucks next year, yeah. uh, which the Blackhawks don't. There you have Corey Crawford, even if you bring him back, is you know a one or two year project at that, and he's one head hit away from completely yeah. being irrelevant to this team and organization, and you don't want to see that either. And as much as I love Calendelia, and Kevin Lincoln and all those guys, they're not ready for prime time facing 35 shots a night NHL action. They're just not. So right now, um, trading Leonard and not doing everything you can. I mean, if, if he does everything he can to sign Leonard and Leonard's just being, you know, up oh, one, nothing Oilers. Um, so if, He's you know being difficult or whatever. He's asking a ton, nine million dollars, you know, whatever that, that doesn't make any sense. Then fine, I get it. I understand. You did everything you could. You tried. You put in an honest effort, and you just couldn't make it happen. But what I'm hearing, and I'm hearing you know from a pretty reputable source that um, you know what Robin Leonard is asking for is nothing extraordinary. Uh, the the um, uh, he it looks like he's probably asking for somewhere in the range of about seven million dollars a year times seven years, and some no trade, some partial no trade or no trade protection 
in the first couple, three years of the contract. And if you look at it compared to, you know, what's Corey Crawford making this year? $6 million. What's, you know, so maybe Robin Leonard makes $7 million. A $1 million upgrade versus a, a contract that Corey Crawford signed six years ago. All you're doing is adding an extra yeah. million dollars on, on, yeah. on the cap and Crawford's leaving anyway. Like yeah. that's seven. And then say he gets no, that no trade or whatever for the first three years. Okay, fine. He wants to stick around. He wants some, uh, you know, he wants his family to live in Chicago and not be traded, you know, next spring or whatever. Um, but okay. So he, so he, you have to stick around with him on the roster for three years. Is that really the end of the world? Robin Leonard in the prime of his career, who's proven back to back years that he's, you know, he's the guy, he, he's a top 10 NHL goalie. You could yeah. have him for his, you know, 29, 30, 31st year. And then after that, okay, fine. Maybe the Blackhawks aren't where they need to be. Maybe he doesn't even want to be there anymore. Trade him after three years. So what's the worst that is? I mean, you know, at the very worst, if the project doesn't work, if the, if the whole thing doesn't work out, it's three years times seven million. You're, you're $21 million and you could trade them away for probably, you know, t- just about anyone because it's a reasonable number. You know, when teams are out there paying $10 million for Borowski, you know? So right, exactly. I, I mean, think it all makes sense. So it's like, hey. Pay the man. What? Pay the man. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a... I'm a big Bobrovsky fan, I, I you know, and you know that. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, if the market for him is $10 million a year for eight years, he's three years older than Leonard. And um, quite honestly, um, they're, not, they're, they're not completely similar goalies to my eye, but in terms of the productivity um, and, you know, the ability to win games, um, I think – I think they're pretty comparable, um, honestly. I, uh, Leonard may be a half a notch below Bobrovsky, but he's also three years younger. And you know, uh, I think that I think to get him at seven million a year for um, seven years uh, with a with a you know uh, a no movement or no trade clause for only part of the deal, um, it would be one of Stan Bowman's better deals that he's given out. And, you know, I've heard the arguments and we've even have had arguments with guys on our thread, you know, some of our writers about, well, wouldn't it make sense to trade Leonard? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, if you trade Leonard at the deadline because you can't sign him, fine. But if, to, to, to arbitrarily say that you're going to trade him without even trying to sign him because he'll provide the most return, you could go five, six years without without having a goalie who's nearly as good as him. Yeah. You know, and then the argument you get back is, well, they're rebuilding though, right? And it's like, yeah, but I don't think I don't think anybody in their right mind wants them rebuilding five or six years from now. You know, yeah. I think so. Uh, the, the, the other thing is, is there's an old adage in the NHL, which is you build from the net out. So, you know, you've you've added a quality young puck crushing defenseman in Boakvist. Um, You drafted uh, Vlasic last year. Um, you've got Mitchell coming. Um, I, in my, in my opinion, they still need to acquire another, uh, young defenseman or two, you know, preferably in the Nicholas Jalmerson mode, be still my heart. But, um, all that said, I think, I think, you know, you get the goalie, a guy who can, you know, who can really carry you 65 games a year and, and, you know, be a top 10 goalie in the league. Um, although he's getting shelled tonight for sure. Um, you know, um, 
I think I think it's a no brainer, especially if you can get him at a at a below market deal. Um, you know this nonsense about you know re-signing Crawford. I mean, I guess yeah. If you had if 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 the, the whole thing went south with Leonard and you really wanted to have a guy, you know, a veteran guy who could, you know, uh, man the net for a year or two, fine. But he could also you know last uh, twenty games next year too before he's you know back in the in the dark room, you know. So. Um, and by the way, me, I don't, I don't hate that idea. If you can't, you know, if they can't right. nail yeah, Leonard down right. and you want to sign, you know, Corey Crawford to like a, a reasonable two-year deal, I'm fine with that. Right. We know, I, I you don't know disagree. What, you know what you're going to get out of Corey Crawford. I mean, right. Right. there's a risk with it, but you know what you get out of him. You know, he works right. in your team. He know, you know, he works in his, in the locker room. You know, you know what you have. You too many people are forgetting. Like when you have this, you know, he works in your system. Like that's Rob Leonard too. You know, he works in your system. You bring in another goalie. He may not work in your system. I don't care if he's yeah. Braden Holtby. I don't care if he's, you know, uh, Tony Esposito in his prime, you know, maybe he doesn't work in your system and you sign this right. guy to a five year, whatever thinking that, you know, you really work the system by letting Leonard go and getting this other guy. And then you have a Marty Turco situation, right? And you know, the, a lot of a lot of Hawks fans, I think, are forgetting those years back in the early 2000s. You know, uh, before you know they they got Hobby Bullen back, kind of at the end of his career, and he he wasn't really Hobby Bullen. You know that of of the you know the high high point of Hobby Bullen's career, he was kind of uh, he was still pretty good. You know, but he was injury prone and. Um, you know, up to, but up to that point, they, they've gone several years with Patrick Laleem and Marty Turco and, you know, God knows who else. I mean, well, I, I take that back. So Turco was after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turco but it was a lot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Hey, Hawks score. But, Brandon Saad, <clears throat> Steve Passmore, um, Jocelyn Tebow, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, top 10 goalies don't grow on trees. So no, they uh, don't. when you have I, one in the I, system who wants to stay. At a yeah, reasonable rate, you have there a known nice you have a known entity that you know works. Like everything, all the pieces fit together. This is something you got to nail, man. You have to nail yeah. it. No, he does, and and it's it's right up there with you know trading Gustafson. Um, this this is uh, this is the the job that your GM has to do, and if they don't trade him, and you know they end up with with Crawford or part of Crawford for another couple of years. Um, I, I just, I just don't think you're going to be able to expect, uh, you know, very much out of this team in the next couple of years. And then longer term after, you know, after Crawford can't play anymore, which could be soon. Um, uh, what do you got then? You know, um, you got guys who maybe can play in the NHL, but you know, top 10 goalie in the NHL. No, you don't have them. You let them go. Yeah. I, know, so. I, I told someone today. In a, in a private message, I said, if uh, if they don't sign Robin Leonard, this sets the uh, rebuild back two more years at least. Yep. Yep. Well, here's the other thing, too. And this is, again, goes back to common sense and kind of like looking a little deeper and 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 asking yourself some questions about why they they do things. We we were talking in a ring cast back in, I guess it was late June about what would happen on July 1st. And and I raised the specter of the possibility that they might spend money on a on a number one goalie because of the uncertainty surrounding Crawford the last two years. 
And we were the only people talking about that. And sure enough, on July 1st, they went out and signed Robin Leonard. And they did not sign Robin Leonard to be the next Cam Ward, um, you know, for a year. That's not, that's not why they signed this guy. He's 28 years old. He was coming off a Vezina finalist season. Um, he's a guy that's always had tremendous promise, but he finally started to put it together the last couple of years. Um, no, they, they brought him in here on a tryout to see if he could be the number one after Crawford. Okay, he's passed that test. Um, and with flying colors. Yeah. So the point is, that's why he's here. He, they they did not just sign him for one. they did sign him for one year technically, but the thinking I guarantee you was, this is a guy who could be here long-term and, and we're, you know, we're going to, we're going to address that later in the year. If, if everything works out well, it's worked out. So, and you know, like you've heard and certainly, uh, makes a lot of sense they are they are talking they're talking about a very team friendly deal frankly um, but but it also fulfills Leonard's wish to to settle in Chicago and settle in here and and, and I, the other thing is for an organization that's you know always trying to to do you know sort of create the great fan narrative fans love this guy <laughs> why yeah. would you let him go yeah he's a great so quote. I, don't think, I don't think they're going to i think they're gonna sign him yeah though he's a leader in the locker room he's a great quote he's honest he's down to earth he's a good player like there's nothing there's no negative that you have to pay a good player that's the negative you have to pay a good player pay the man why pay the man but you said it before so you know Corey crawford when he signed his deal it was six six million a year Leonard's uh, ostensibly will be seven to seven point five. If you adjust Crawford's money of six years ago to um, to today, you're it's you're paying the same thing or even potentially less in terms of inflation adjusted dollars uh, with Leonard. I was I was actually shocked when I heard the number was that low. I was pleased but shocked that like wow, you know he's. He wants to get paid, but he's it's within reason. It's something the Blackhawks can work on. Because if he was frank, quite, quite frankly, if he's out there asking for nine million or nine and a half million or whatever, you know, he wants Bob numbers. Like, I think the Blackhawks are out. I don't think you the, they can afford with you no. know the other ten million dollar players they have on the roster. And now right. Dabrinkit coming in and having to re-sign Strom, and now someone who we haven't even talked about is Kubalik. Uh, these guys are all going to need to be re-signed. Uh, and then you're going to need to go on top of all that stuff. It's like, you know, Delia fits in perfect with his $1 million salary. Really yep. no hair, you know, no skin off their teeth on that one. Yep. That's a really team friendly deal. And if you can get yep. a really team friendly deal on a top 10 goalie, who's in the prime of his career, like do it because in two years, you know, maybe not next year, but maybe the year after they get some of these young guys in who are playing really well. And the team's really, you know, chugging along they get into the playoffs they have a goalie who can backstop them in the playoffs that's when anything can happen not when you have top end talent that's aging you have young talent who has no experience and they're still learning and nothing in the middle which is what this team is right now you know right exactly exactly so that's that's gotta be the thing those of you those of you want to trade brandon side at the deadline um he just he just scored a really nice goal and he's quietly having a pretty decent season um, you know, and, and playing his brand of, you know, solid two-way hockey, he's a solid defensive forward and, and he can, you know, uh, grind along the wall and, and he's got good speed. Um, Hawks need more of that, not less of that, you know, their forwards. It, and, uh, yeah, that was the other thing I was saying the other day. I'm like, everyone's ready to trade, trade, uh, Brandon Saad. Why? 
Why are they in the uh, everyone's so ready to, to trade him? You have because then a, you don't have to trade Gus, <laughs> I guess. But <laughs> then you got kidding. I know some people I, think that some people think that. But then you've got you got Alex DeBrinket sitting next to this guy who's not producing at, at at a rate that's supposed to be paying him the same, just slightly more than Brandon Saad, who's you know uh, a couple of years younger. Yes, sure. Um, and I'm not ready to give up on Alex DeBrinket. I, I don't want this to be the the trade DeBrinket show. I'm just he should be as a he should be held accountable. Like he's signing yep. that big contract, he should be held accountable. If Brandon Saad's going to be, you know, everybody's whipping boy and you're going to whip him out to, for every trade, we got to trade side, got to trade side. Why? Give me an answer right. of why we need to trade side. You don't need to trade side. You need more Brandon Saad's out there. Well, that was the other thing that, that people were throwing out when I would ask the question, you know, well, what do the Hawks have to give up to be buyers at the deadline? Uh, well, you could trade Saad. You don't think that trading Brandon Sod would hurt you in some way? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's 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 really silly. So again, I mean, getting back to the the initial point, um, he's 26 years old. He's won two Stanley Cups. Um, he has all the physical attributes that you want in, in a power winger, um, and where the and the power game where it matters in the playoffs, where he's proven himself. Um, he's a guy I would hold on to, you know. Um, because he could be part of that that next generation at, at only age 26. So yeah, um, you know. But again, I mean, it's it, the conventional wisdom is not always wisdom. You know. No, exactly. It's it's usually the conventional dumb, not wisdom. <laughs> right. The conventional wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um. So anyway, uh, a couple other little things uh, came up in the news. Uh, they were for a second. Uh, you know, news in the Blackhawks land. One of them was that the Blackhawks claimed Nick Sealer off of uh, uh, waivers from the wild. He's uh, basically a bigger defenseman, young guy, wasn't getting a lot of playing time there. Blackhawks clearly went in a direction where they feel that Dennis Gilbert playing the NHL really wasn't helping him develop any. So they're going to send him back down. They've now got, you know, a, a seventh defenseman uh, with, you know, doesn't really cost them much money. They were able to just basically grab him off the, the, you know, the scrap heap, and that's fine. He's a fighter, whatever. As long as he doesn't get anybody killed out there, I'm fine with it. I don't, you know, it is what it is. Um, and the other thing was this whole Bufflin thing. There's a lot of misconceptions going out there. <laughs> you know, it's looking like uh, Bufflin and the Winnipeg Jets are going to kind of you know, uh, they're going to cancel his contract out. Uh, he's going to basically probably, probably retire. It doesn't look like he wants to play in the NHL anymore. He just, they just want to get that money off the books. Um, and he doesn't want to be involved with the organization, I guess, anymore or whatever, but the Blackhawks are not bringing back 10, you know, Dustin Bufflin 10 years post, you know, his, his glory day here to come in and fix everything after having, you know, major leg surgery and being 10, again, 10 years older in his mid thirties, carrying around a lot of weight on that big frame. Like, yeah. I mean, just thinking that he could come in and be anything, but you know, a PTO that probably doesn't even make it out of camp is you're just fooling yourself. He's just not the player anymore. And, uh, so, you know, just let's drop that for now because well, yeah. Yeah, I'm a 
I'm maybe the biggest Dustin Bufflin fan there is. I mean, buddy of mine was his first agent. Um, you know, I had a chance to talk to him years ago when he was playing for the Hawks uh, minor league team in Norfolk. He's, he's a great kid. He's just got a great sense of humor. Um, he's a real leader in the dressing room. Um, keeps, you know, keeps everything really loose. Um, you know, he's, he's a unique talent on the ice. Um, uh, he was a, he was, I, my personal opinion, he should have won the Consumite trophy in 2010. Um, just based upon his performance in those playoffs. Um, you know, so I, I I'm a huge buff. My, my son, you know, has played hockey now for a number of years has, has always worn number 33 because he got some signed Bufflin gear, um, from, from Dustin back in 2010. And, and, uh, you know, so it, this is, you know, but, but the, the, the reality of it is, um, is that he, but Dustin does not fit what the Blackhawks need right now, which is the, what the Blackhawks need right now are gifted young players and prospects to develop. And, you know, Dustin is 10, 15 years beyond that. Um, he's a big guy, carries a lot of weight. He's coming off a, a you know, a significant lower body injury where being a big guy and carrying a lot of weight can make it even harder to come back from it. Now, all that said, um, he's a, he's an exceptional athlete. And, um, if, if he is healthy, um, or when he becomes healthy, uh, if some team, I don't see him as a PTO guy, if he's healthy, I think if he's healthy, um, you know, some team is going to sign him for at least a couple of years and probably for a lot of money because he's a difference maker on the ice. He's a unique difference maker on the ice. I mean, He's a physical presence that everybody has to be aware of, and he can play hockey. Um, he's not just some big goon. Um, so all that said, but I don't think the Hawks are that team. There's almost no logical reason for it. Um, I mean, yeah, if they were, if they did just had the most amazing offseason in the world and they were suddenly not just a maybe they'll make the playoffs team, but they're definitely going to make the playoffs and they could even do some damage, then I would say, yeah, bring – a healthy Dustin Bufflin in and pay him a little money if you can afford it, then it would make sense. But, you know, the, the storybook narrative is not always the logical narrative, you know, and unfortunately, you know, the, the, the fans who, you know, fall in love with ideas like bringing Dustin and now are, you know, falling for a storybook narrative that it just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, you know what the next thing will be? Put him at wing. Ooh. Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah. no. I read that. Um, I read that. They were, they were talking about I'm that yesterday. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort Moore. of disagree with you there. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, no, it's all right. I love it. Hey, Lumberg, any anytime. <laughs> but, um, but you know, no, people were talking about that on on, the, on Twitter. They're talking, oh, what's, what's moving to forward? Well, he, you know, listen, um, my buddy who was his agent, you know, once said of him that if he had decided to stay at forward, he could have been a Hall of Famer. And I, I agree with that. I mean, he was a monster. And he's, you know, his, he, he knows how to play forward. He's got the, he's got the, the, the mentality for it, et cetera. But, you know, he, he decided when he left Chicago, he preferred to play D. Um, he's been a unique talent as a defenseman. He has a couple of deficiencies as, de, as a defenseman, but he also has some incredible strengths as a defenseman too, that are unique. And, and uh, I just, again, I mean, if, if, if Dustin Bufflin is healthy, um, I think he's still a good enough athlete that he could come in and really help a team at defense or forward or both because he's played both in, in Winnipeg. A couple of years ago, he played about half the season at forward, as I recall. So he can do that. Um, but again, 
it doesn't <clears throat> excuse me it doesn't make any sense for the hawks because he's 35 years old he's coming off a serious injury um and and the the hawks don't need that kind of player right now what they need is the player who's 21 years old whose future is ahead of him um and that's not dustin they well and, and don't take that as they don't need a big physical player because they do need big physical oh, no, they players do. They, oh, yeah, they just they don't do. need they old do. you know old players coming off of surgery who are probably who probably lost a step or two that are big coming in. Yeah. They need the younger yeah. guys, the you know, fresh legs, not not, you know, old broken, old janky broken legs. Um I just yeah. don't think he's ever gonna be I don't think he's ever gonna be healthy enough to a point where he's gonna be the difference maker anymore. He's just getting old fast and you know uh, you know ankle surgery on on a guy who, you know I, I don't think it's going to bode well for him. And someone, I saw someone s- somewhere who seemed to, I, I wish I could recall, recall where it was, but someone saying that, you know, he, he just wants to retire and go fish and hunt. So, I, which makes sense. But, you know, I mean, why would you not, why would you not want to play in Winnipeg before, you know, before we know what we know now, like, you know, young promising goalie, bunch of young promising forwards, you know, this was a team that was rising up the ranks. Why would you not want to be part of that? Yeah. Maybe your body's breaking down and you can't, you know, you can't compete at that level anymore. That seems a little bit more realistic than, you know, I, I want to leave. I, I don't, I want to, I don't want to see this whole, you know, building of a, you know, young, talented team to the end. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the only people who know, are his doctor and him, you know, and uh, uh, it may well be that he's done and it may well be that, that uh, when he heals up, um, you know, he'll, he can play a couple more years. I mean, everybody said Kovalchuk was done, you know, t- two years ago. And uh, so, said I mean, Kovalchuk was done six months ago. <laughs> right. No. And, and the, so the bottom line is, is that uh, he's, uh, you know, again, we, he's, he's just, he's, if he's healthy, he can help somebody, but he's really suited to a team that's a play that's a playoff con- or excuse me a cup contender and a surefire playoff team, a, t- a team that's rebuilding. He doesn't I don't know he just doesn't make a lot of sense, you know unless unless he came to the Hawks and said you know what I, my heart has always been in the Indian head and I want to finish my career in Chicago and I'll play for you guys for a million dollars a year um, on a year by year basis. Um, cause I want to, I want to help, you know, tutor your young guys and, and, uh, you know what? I'd be all for it. I'd be all over it, but I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to happen. And he's going to be taking up a I spot. Don't see it. Yeah. He's going to be taking up a spot from somebody, some young player, because you know, when Dehan's back, you're still going to have Keith and Dehan and Mata and Murphy. I mean, that's four guys yeah. right there. And then both throw Boquist in there. So, okay. You yeah. Know? So here's the thing though. I mean, I, but if it was like a million a year, I would do it, you know, because he's he's that kind of player if he's healthy. But here's the thing. If he's healthy, he's worth more than a million a year and he's going to get it somewhere. That's the bottom line. If he's healthy, he's a five million dollar year yeah. player. Yeah, I'm just not putting too much stock in. I, I don't think he's going to. Well, he may not be. Yeah, and, yeah. He, you know, he very, very well may not be. But yeah. it, either way, he doesn't make sense in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of the news that was going on. Blackhawks are uh, I think they're I think they're at the intermission now, huh? Maybe. They just scored a they scored a nice goal. Ryan Carpenter came down the left wing. Nice, really nice saucer feed to Taves, 
who buried it right between the goalie's legs. Oh, I missed that. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Two to one. All right. So anyway, we got some questions. I want to get through them. Um, I was going to spend most of, most of the episode on questions, but we had a lot to say. So anyway, John Butler, hip check 70 on uh, Twitter. My list of concerns is too long. I'll give you three. The laner crow <laughs> who stays. Yeah. Okay. We've talked about that. What's up with the cat uh, and gust the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> boom nailed it i mean i don't i don't i don't even have a, a follow-up to any of those and he says how how is andrew shaw's doing i i don't know how andrew shaw's doing uh it's been very mum when no one's hearing much of anything um so but he has been out he's been seeing it like you know various team events and stuff so uh he's not doing the Corey crawford but uh clearly uh there's been no talk of him coming back so I, I don't yeah, know what I mean, deals with him. Every player uh, recovers or doesn't recover from concussions differently. You know, I don't know, uh, Gabe, if you remember Adam Deadmarsh or Jason Allison, who were uh, really good players about 20 years ago, who their careers were cut short by, you know, by concussions. And, you know, Pat LaFontaine tried to come back and he did for a while, but he was never quite the same player. And, you know, Lindros's career was cut short. And then there are guys like Crosby who it looked like he was going to be finished early and he's come back and been fine, you know? Uh Um, And so it's, it's always different with every player. I mean, unfortunately Shaw's style of game and his value as a player is to occasionally, you know, put his head in the way of fists and, uh, I, I don't I uh, I don't have a good feeling about about Shaw's future in Chicago or anywhere in the NHL. He may play again and he he may be fine, but like I said, but there's I don't know because he's it's not like he's a Crosby or you know um, even a Marion Hosa um, whose games are you know uh, you know pretty much purely skill. You know I mean Shaw's Shaw's game is 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 getting his nose dirty quite literally and and getting his head punched and I I don't know I just he, I, yeah I, he leads with his head I mean yeah and he yeah. missed significant time last year I believe with a concussion as well even he though he had, a, he had a career year as far as the scoring goes he missed a lot of games last year he did and you know he's, these things have lined up and the the thing is is it, it's like we've we've talked about it we've talked about it with Crawford too you don't recover from it. I mean, you, you can, you could come back and play again, but you're never cured of concussions of, you know, being prone to concussions and yeah. the damage that's done by concussions. You're never cured of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Derek Ciavellas, how much did Barry Smith influence the power play last year? Um, I don't know. I think he was just there to help manage the players more than anything. Um, I don't. I don't think Barry Smith had much. I, I think the playoff. I think the success of the power play last year was on. Oh, there he goes. Two two. They just scored on the power play. Edmonton. Big surprise. First power play. First ring power play in the league scores on the Blackhawks. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I think it had more to do with four players on the Blackhawks having career years. It's as easy as that. Taves, Kane, DeBrinket, and Gustafson all had career years. So that, that'll give you a pretty good power play. That's a power play. That's shooting. That's a power play. That's producing. Not like this nonsense we're seeing this year. So I don't think it has anything to do with Barry Smith, to be honest with you. Um, second question. Do the Hawks have anyone in the system who can one time the puck from the left side? Not other than Kubalik. Well, to break it. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyone else? No. 
No, but I mean, those two guys, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good starting point. And then you've got that sod kid who's a pretty decent left wing too. Yeah. So I, I mean, Sod's not really, you know, a, a shooter in the Patrick Sharp, you know, Panarin mode from the left side. But, uh, uh, I, I think they're actually pretty well, well set at left wing. Yeah. Uh, if not, uh, who do you look to acquire in the off season? You got any names? <laughs> At left wing, uh, I guess. I guess just. I like haven't even thought wing, about it. I haven't even yeah. thought about it. I mean, I think, I think that their their more glaring needs is they need another defenseman, and uh, they need. Uh, I think they need some depth at center. I, I'm not convinced, and I don't think the Hawks are convinced that Dylan Strome's a second line center in the NHL. And if he's not, you got to go get one. You yeah, know? well, it's gonna be I mean, it's gonna be interesting because his contract's up this year, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they come up with on that. But he's he's uh, he's sitting tonight. He's played. They've moved him out to wing uh, a lot this year. Um, now it may, it may it may just happen that uh, that Doc settles into that second line center role, and I think the Hawks would be super happy about that. Um, you know, or you know, he eventually assumes first line, and maybe maybe Taves bumps down to second. So that's good. I mean, but I still think that they need to they need to strengthen that position. Um, definitely. I think they need another defenseman. Um, they, they need that young Nicholas Jalmerson, um, or even a Johnny Aduya um, type of player too. You know, they, they just need to, they need to get better defensively and they, they don't have the players right now for it. Uh, here's a name. I don't know that he's a defensive player, but Tori Krug. Yeah, he's more, yeah. Uh, um, he's a good player. He's yeah. a good player. I mean, I'm just looking at some names. He's 28. Uh, he made five million. You know, his current salary cap hits five million. I mean, you're not going to get a Petrangelo. Uh, you're not going to get. I mean, you're not going to bring in. Let's see. There's Justin Schultz, Tyson Berry. I'm just looking at some yeah, free I, agents. I would drive. Be looking to draft that guy. I mean, I think. I don't think that free agency is is for where this team is. You know, free agency is good for the team that needs to add one or two players to become a cup team. You know where you can where that exp- that kind of expenditure is worth it. You know in terms of winning a championship. You know like the Hawks when they signed Hosa in two thousand nine, or even when they brought Campbell in the year before. I mean because or two years before I forget which it was, but I mean you know Campbell coming in kind of gave the credibility to the franchise. You know as as being a franchise on the rise when 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 they signed him, and then when they brought Hosa in, it was like that was the the last missing piece. You know, um, that's what free agency is good for. But I think that um, I think you know for this team, it's all about the draft or through trade acquiring you know young high upside players if you can. You know, um, so I mean again, I think the the the, the defenseman they're missing is a guy that they're going to bring in a young guy they're going to bring in to grow with. Yeah. And I don't know about, you know, as far as forwards, I mean, uh, I don't see any real shooters here. <laughs> uh, Mike Hoffman. And then it drops off real quick. Chris yeah. Kreider. I mean, he's not a shooter. Uh, Tyler good player. I, I, would, I would, Kreider's a guy I would not mind having, but again, how much are you going to have to pay him? Tyler Toffoli, maybe. I don't know. Cause he shoot. Yeah, Toffoli's a good offensive player, but again, how much are you going to have to pay him? I mean, yeah. I just don't see free agency this summer being being something this team should do, no. honestly. No, I don't either. Um, who else? Will Ian Mission? Will Ian Mission? Jesus. Will Ian Mitchell be a difference maker when joining the roster? 
When joining the roster, probably not. Uh, he's coming off playing against college kids to going right into the NHL. I don't think he's at that Kale McCarr level, but I think he can be an NHL defenseman. Uh, maybe next year. Uh, sure, bring him in if you want to try him out for a couple of games. I don't think, I think Ian Mitchell's season's going to end, his college season's going to end after the Blackhawks season. So to be honest with you, but yeah. uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be an immediate uh, difference maker, but I think he's going to be, you know, important in the organization. I think he's showing well, he, that he could be at that level. But uh, let me, yeah, let me build on that. I mean, the thing you want for for Ian Mitchell is for Ian Mitchell to be in the best possible situation to develop long term. Um, I know that you know that all the hype that that goes around these prospects that when when they show up, they're expected to be amazing. And let's let's go back no further than the great Dylan Secura. Remember, you know, he was a college player who was going to come in and light the NHL on fire. And two years later, we're still waiting. Um, and and so, I mean, I think I think people should need to be really tempering their expectations of Ian Mitchell, even though he's been built up like crazy, et cetera, because he's never played against pros. He's 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 fattened up playing college players. And there's a huge jump from college to the NHL. Um, and he may be a guy. Who, who does that really quickly because there are guys who do that really quickly, but a lot of them, it, it takes a while. And the thing is you want to put Mitchell, whether it's at Rockford um, or, you know, whether it's in Chicago and playing limited minutes, um, a la, you know, Adam Bokefist and be, being brought along slowly at first, um, wherever it is, whatever makes sense for his development, because his development makes sense for the team and for the future of the team. Yeah. As opposed to expecting him to come in next year and be Jesus. Yeah, he, you know? he's not. He's not, but he could be a good young defenseman. And, could be. and a nice find in the second round, uh, which is, you know, that's, but don't, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, you have to, he may adjust, but you can't just assume that he's going to adjust, you know, right away. Uh, don't, uh, how about err on the side of caution a little bit? Hey, we exactly. don't know what he's going to be. He, you know, look, looks good in college. Let's see what he does when he steps on the ice with the big yeah. boys. You know, um, <laughs> you know, even, you know, Jeremy Carlton, who's taken a lot of heat from fans this year. I mean, Jeremy Carlton's probably forgotten more about hockey than you or I know. And probably you and I and everybody who listens to us added together, believe it or not. Um, and uh, the, the coaches are going to, the point of the reason I say it is the coaches are going to know in training camp, whether he's ready to play in the NHL or not, or if playing in the NHL makes sense for his development. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now, I I would be, I'd be willing to bet significant dollars, and I'm not a betting man, but I would be, in this instance I'd be willing to bet significant dollars that he's not gonna come in right away and light the world on fire. Um, it's he's there's gonna be an adjustment, and that adjustment may be for the first half of the season in Rockford. I don't know, I don't know. I, that's that's for the coaches to say and uh, for the organization to say what makes sense, you know. And uh, um, the, the but the bottom line is is because it, it's he, you know he could light the world on fire early next year, but it still could be a really bad team. And the bottom line is is what it's about is the quality of this team in two to three years when he's grown and matured and he's really ready to be the player he can be. Yeah. Um, Milos Stefan, he had basically, it's, uh, another Ian Mitchell, uh, Gus bus trade question. 
So we already addressed that. Uh, your top three wish in the offseason. Mine is a new coach GM. Uh, the next one is top six defenseman. And the next one is resign Leonard, long-term contract. Uh, I think Leonard, get, get it out done first because goalies are voodoo. And uh, if you have one that's a known quantity, take care of it right away. Uh, I wouldn't, I would not be against a new coach GM at this point. Um, and t- sure, top six defenseman, if you can get one at a reasonable rate, sure. What yeah. About you? <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead. I would, uh, yeah, well, I, you know, my thing about the coach and the GM, I, uh, I, I'm, uh, it's, it's kind of two separate things for me. You know, I think, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure about Colton anymore. I mean, um, they had a little five game win streak here. Everybody was starting to feel good, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. And, and at the other side of it is that the talent level is not great overall on the team. As far as Bowman, um, you know, I want to see how he handles this trade deadline and then the off season. He had a good off season last year. He really did. And, um, up to that point, I think I was a pretty, Loud critic of his, I think you were too. But I think we all we we acknowledged over the summer he did a lot of good things. Yeah. Um. And I, I want to see what, how he handles this trade deadline because this trade deadline, in a lot of ways, kind of captures what's wrong with this franchise and kind of captures the the mm, the poor the the bad expectations that a lot of fans and frankly a lot of the media have around the team and. Um, you know, this is this is going to be a deadline where the smart thing to do for the organization, for the future of the team is to maybe, uh, you know, do some things that that a lot of the fans don't want you to do, which is to sell off some players and build for the future and not, you know, go for the quick crack hit of making the playoffs and having to mortgage your future. Because that's the other thing. All these people talking about being buyers, including a lot of like experienced beat writers talking about it. It's like. What what do teams want at the deadline when when they're trying to trade veteran players? They want picks and prospects and good young players, which is exactly what the Hawks cannot afford to trade and the Hawks need. So the, the logic is the Hawks need to be sellers, you know. And so I, I, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that Bowman's going to do that and that he's going to do it well and he's going to add some some real value and some assets to build with. Um and then if he does that, then, then I, you know, I, he's the devil, you know, you know, and I, I would hold on to him. I don't know about Colleton. Um, I, I've gone on record. I think they need to absolutely need to bring, bring Leonard back. That's another thing. That's like kind of a, a make or break for Bowman. He's, he's, he's got to pass that test. Um, and then as far as, um, a player, you know, I would love to see them find whether it's in Europe or whether it's buried on the depth chart of another organization, I would love to see them find that rock-solid, absolute stud, two-way defenseman like a Nicholas Jalmerson who can come in and be like the rock of your defense. You know, Duncan Keith was kind of the engine, but but Jalmerson was the cornerstone. He was the rock. And they they I feel like they got to get that guy in the next year or two. And I'm not cuz I'm not sure they have that guy. No, that right now they don't. Um yeah, so they have to figure out a way, unless it, you know, down the road ends up being like Vlasic or something. But uh, maybe, you know, we don't or, know. You know, Kelvin DeHaan's Kelvin DeHaan's a nice player, but I'm just worried that he's gonna be he's gonna be, 
you know, constantly on and off the injury list the rest of his career, such as it is. He That's, may be done now. He's a really nice player. Pardon me? He may be done now. I mean, yeah, ha- I having mean a, exactly, exactly. Having yeah. his shoulder redone again. Yeah, I mean, he, he may yeah. be done. Uh, Jackie Davis, our girl, Jackie Davis, two things. What the actual hell is going on with this power play? Is it the coaching or the players? I think it's the players. They're not shooting. Uh, again, when the player, when the power play is successful, they're moving, they're moving their feet. They're moving the puck. Yes. They're here. They're not moving the feet. They're not moving their puck. They're taking too long. They're slowing it down again. Once you slow it down, the lanes close up. You have no, nowhere to shoot. It's the same thing that we've been saying. I've been saying it for Five years, half a decade, you know. Well, you know, you know. I, here's the thing, and I've been saying this, and this is probably a really unpopular thing. I, I, as a matter of fact, I say a lot of unpopular things, but um, sometimes I'm right. Um, you Damn watch it. that power play, and I've been saying this the last couple of years. <laughs> you watch that power play, yeah, um, and you watch when Patrick Kane gets the puck on the right half board, and he starts he starts do, circling around and handling the puck and looking around. The Blackhawks just simply stop moving. They stop moving. And I think I think Kane tends to hold on to the puck too long on the half board and overhandles it, and the, the power play just stops. When I watch teams with good power plays, even teams with less talent than the Hawks, they move constantly. The players are moving. They're creating mismatches. They're opening lanes. They're making themselves hard to defend. The Hawks are stationary, and they just move the puck around the perimeter, and they stand and watch Kane overhandle the puck. And This is what they, they do. And they try to hit the back door, which everyone knows they're trying to hit, right. and they, yeah. it, they have, there's no lane. Yeah, They're too predictable. Right. Totally. And at this point, you know, with all the you know assistant coaches they've had come in and come out, and now they went from Quenville, you know we thought you know maybe it was a coaching thing, maybe Quenville was forced. They're still doing the same damn thing. This is right. starting to fall on the players that are out there, the Patrick Kane's, the Jonathan Tays, and something needs to change. Some you know move them around. You know, put I heard someone today you know on on the the Hawk Talk saying you know maybe put Kane on the second power play to you know so that other players move around and there's some and I. I'm not against that. I mean, sure, give it a shot. Because right now it's just it's they're dead. They're dormant. No, well, here's the thing. Patrick Kane's a great player and he's a great passer. And I, I I just feel like for some reason rather than standing there and watching him handle overhandle the puck, I just think there needs to be an emphasis in the Hawk power play on player movement. And for some reason, I don't know if the players that they have lack the mental creativity to be those kinds of players. I'm going to tell you, I watched the, the Columbus power play year in, year out, and I don't know where they're ranked right now, but when I, but I've seen them at times, and with guys like Nick Foligno and guys like, um, you know, Seth Jones is a really nice player, don't get me wrong. Um, I mean, they move around, and they create opportunities, and these guys are looking and recognizing and creating. The Hawks don't do that. I mean, one guy, and I, I'm always I'm always busting on him, but one guy who seems to have some creativity is Gustafson. But you know, it's it just seems otherwise. It's just they're standing stationary around the perimeter and just passing the puck around. And right, they go for the and, and then Taves pops up in the back door, and there's nothing there, and he takes a shot from below the goal line. That's it's like it's so predictable. Yeah, for sure, definitely. But so 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 back to the original thing. Uh, it's the players. I think it's the players. 
Uh, second, I've been I seeing too. I, I too. I've been seeing too many writers slash bloggers out there pushing to re-sign Crawford. Seems they believe Hawks owe him. Uh, he's cheaper than Leonard, who they believe the Hawks cannot afford. I think they should pay the man. So pay the man. Why pay the man? Well, whoever they man. are, don't listen to them. Yeah. That's all I can tell you. Because if you want to sign a 36-year-old goalie and that's going to be that's who you're going to build your team around, okay, good luck. But 36-year-old yeah, goalies uh, tend to drop off really quickly, especially ones and, with and head you know injuries. What? All things considered, they don't owe Corey Crawford anything. You know, I mean, the man's been very well paid. Um, it's a business. Uh, you know, if, if your, if your organization is in the business of rewarding guys, and you can argue that, that Brent Seabrook's contract was a reward and look where that got him, you know, I mean, but if you, but if you're in the business of rewarding guys for past performance, um, and <laughs> making decisions that adversely affect your future, um, you're not going to win a lot of hockey games going forward. Yeah, for sure. And you know what, you, what actually is a reward He's played in Chicago till the end of his contract. I think. Yeah, or, you know, they move into a team like San Jose, which has a shot to do some damage in the playoffs and give him a shot as he, you know, nears the end of his, his career. I don't, yeah. um, that, that would be rewarding him in a way, too. Yeah, right. Those are rewards that, that you, you look for. You don't look to make a mistake. You don't reward a guy by making a huge mistake. Like, right. Especially now at this, at this point in their. Uh, the rebuild. So um, Mike Murray, the last one, uh, I want this team to make the playoffs, but I know they really need to sell, sell, sell who goes 56, 20. I, I mean, I think we kind of really talked about this. Um, I, I'd like to see Crawford get, you know, get something back for Crawford. I'd see to get something back for uh, Gus and then, okay, maybe there's, there's, there may be a wild card in there that uh, someone who, you know, they may have to uh, let go. Okay. That's reasonably what I could see if they were reason, you know, if they were really going to sell, and uh, if this goes as planned. But I, I honestly think you may you might see a trade. One of those people may may end up going, and uh, they may bring in uh, I don't know, bring back a salary or something like that, the, the, an expiring salary or something like that. But I don't I I'd see the over under on three moves is under for me. It's it's probably under. I think again. I think uh, I would be willing to bet pretty much any odds that Gustafson's going to be gone on the twenty seventh. And um, Car- you know Crawford, even though there's a logic to trading him, it's it's not going to be easy because um, he has a limited no trade clause, which means in his case that he is required to submit a list of eight to ten teams to which he would accept a trade. Um, and the hockey news reported a couple of weeks back that he was asked for that list, which is kind of a, that's kind of a big deal that they asked him. Yeah. Um, that means that they're looking at it and they're considering it. And the other thing about that list is that it's a starting point. It doesn't, you know, a lot of times players will submit a list and the team will say, well, we've got an offer from somebody off the list. You know, we, we, we'd like you to take it, et cetera, et cetera. They're willing to do this for you or that, that for you. <clears throat> and, you know, sometimes you, they negotiate it and it works out. And, but a lot of times it doesn't. And um, Crawford has some personal uh, reasons to want to stay in Chicago. Although, you know, playing the last two months of the season somewhere else or the last month and a half of the season somewhere else is not all that um, life disrupting. If, if he wants to ultimately stay in Chicago as a place to live. 
So, uh, but I, again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet the farmer and Crawford being gone, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised either. Um, you know, the, that the problem is, is that after that you're getting into big contracts and no movement clauses. Um, they, you know, somebody could blow them away with an offer for sod. Um, and they, they could, they could do it, but I, I don't, I, like you said, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that he's a guy that you just, you just get rid of for the sake of getting rid of them. Yeah, I mean, maybe you know. a team goes for a Ryan Carpenter because they need to upgrade their PK yep. in the playoffs. Yep. yep. Or, you know, something like that. Uh, yep. Is very, or Zach very Smith possible. or something like that. But you're going to get, yeah. you know, a late round draft pick at best. I think the Hawks want to keep Carpenter around, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's become a nice lower line player. And again, that was a nice move by Bowman. And again, next year, if, you, if you've got a healthy Calvin DeHaan, um, you know, with some of the other additions he's made and some some uh, growth for some of these younger players, you know, some of these very high high end prospects, um, you know, there the, it could next year could be a, a better year, you know, yeah, especially sure. if he does some nice moves this summer. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that wraps up questions. Uh, I think we're ready to get out of here. So, um, I don't have like really any big plugs uh, other than if you if you're not following the Rink Toronto. Um, you should be our girl, Christina, she's, uh, been pumping out some, uh, some good content. So we have another division that's three divisions that we now have with, uh, you know, kind of bubbling, maybe a fourth one coming up, um, <laughs> that could happen. So, I mean, it, that's could, happen, good. it could happen. It probably will happen. Yeah, the question, it will, the question eventually. Is just when, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, the rank is now, uh, uh, expanded to not just Chicago, but Colorado and Toronto. Yeah. Um, and uh, as we've talked about, uh, we, we're we're flirting with uh, a Columbus affiliate affiliate as well. And uh, I think uh, over the next 12 months, you could probably expect maybe one or two more teams to come online as well. And, and uh, you know, just part of uh, building this uh, this brand and, and um, this community into uh, a true NHL and hockey community, not just the Blackhawks, because it's been kind of been our vision all along. And uh, um, but it's yeah, it's really exciting. We've we've got these these great writers, great young writers, you know, who want to who who want to work for us. Um, and we're we're still perplexed by that. But, yeah, uh, me we'll too. Take... <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't get away well, from us now. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, and we're we're grateful to all you continuing to support us, and and uh, we. Uh, we encourage you to check out our affiliates, you know, to the Toronto affiliate and uh, the Colorado affiliate and, um, you know, the work Mario's doing in, in Rockford and our, our USHL guys, uh, Ron Luce and Ray Napientech. Um, you know, uh, we're uh, we're real excited. We get uh, a, a great thing going. And uh, uh, we, you know, we started this thing with the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks will always be first in our hearts. And we're just hopeful that, you uh, you know, we'll have some more exciting news to, to report yeah. on the team here for the next yeah. year or so too, as well. So, yeah, we don't want to forget Ron or Ray's doing uh, the Chicago steel. Ron's doing the Chicago wolves. So he's doing right. AHL now, which is great. Uh, we, I felt that uh, we, it was the only team in Chicago we weren't covering really, as far as hockey teams go. And uh, we needed to step up our coverage. So Ron was nice enough to say, Hey, you know, this, this would be a good beat for me. And uh, he's jumped in head first, and he's really doing a great job there. So, it, it it doesn't hurt when you have a great example on your team like Mario Terabasi, 
who uh, you yep. know is the the cream of the crop as far as the beat goes. So yeah. it's fair to say Mario is sort of like the the dean of Rockford writers. <laughs> he is. He, for, he very much is. We're very lucky to have him, uh, and we we realize that. So um, yeah, so you can follow all those: the Rink Colorado, the Rink uh, Columbus, the Rink shy which is the chicago uh i i kind of pushed all the chicago stuff to the rink shy and then the rink official actually has everything all together so if you wanted to just you know know everything that we're doing it's at the rink official uh you can find us on the the twitters the facebook uh and uh instagram so all those popular social medias uh, all of our content of course at the website www.thudashrink.com and uh, you know us here at the Rinkcast. And uh, if you get a chance, head over to iTunes, rate and review us. We had a review a couple, couple shows ago. Where was the last show? I think it was last show. Very nice review. We really appreciate that. Uh, if if you don't want to review and you just want to rate us, that's fine too. Uh, every little every little bit helps. That's what you can do to help us. So uh, you got anything? I know you've been away for a while, so I don't know if there's anything you got. No, I, I really don't. But uh, uh, com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y, our, our go. good friends and founding sponsors. Um, uh, we, uh, yeah, we're, we're in, eternally grateful to those guys, Matt Marini and Amy Stefik and the gang. And, uh, um, yeah, we're, but it's good to be back on the Ringcast. Thank you, Gabe, for uh, being the uh, the host and the uh, master of festivities tonight. And, uh uh, we'll try to do this a little more regularly, and, and we're gonna. I think we what we talked about tonight was possibly having our guy uh, Tyler Cameron from uh, from uh, Hockey Buzz um, yeah. on to join us, um, if not before and after the deadline, at least before. So, um, correct me if I got that wrong, Gabe. No, that's but, right. Uh, we're excited right. about that. Nope, you're good. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Oh, Blackhawks up three two. Uh, Patrick Kane feeds Adam Bolquist. Yep. Ooh. A two-on-two. Bokefist uh, puts puts her home. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to really like Bokefist's game. I mean, this is uh, this He's is very getting smooth. exciting. Because, you know, we, you always knew he had, yeah, what a nice pass. Oh, ho, ho. Nice, that's know? a beauty. He really didn't I mean, have to do you much. Know, you always knew he had that offensive game. But, yeah. but uh, what he's doing in the defensive zone, you know, with his mobility and with his stick, it's uh, – and and just you know the desire to do it. I mean that's it's it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's even more to tell you that uh, number fifty six needs to disappear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Figure it out. Figure it out. All right. Cool. I think we're good, right? Yep. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Cool. We're okay. All right. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode. See you on the rink.